Welcome back to the Legal Weekly Wine, where we have a cup of wine for happy hour and talk about the hottest legal weekly news. My name is Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. And we are with Tarani Law LLC because you never need a lawyer. Till you do. Okay, everybody. So this week we are, we're going to get right into the topics, then the wine. Yes. The topics for this week are Gabby Petito. I swear we're going to be like the, <laughs> instead of the legal weekly wine, we're going to be like the Gabby Petito club. Okay, but um, honestly, it is a fascinating case and legal. everything keeps changing because you have these two cases and they keep going on. So we do have updates on this. Yes, we have um, updates. We love the Gabby Petito case. Um, it is absolutely heartbreaking, but legal maneuvers, all of the legal proceedings yes. in this case are absolutely fascinating. So we're going to do that one. We're going to do the updates. Like I said, we're kind of like the Gabby Petito show, but <laughs> not fully. So we're also going to hit two other topics. Yes. We have a close to home story mm-hmm. in Loudoun, Loudoun County. Yeah, Loudoun did I say County. that right? You did. It looks like it I've should actually not... practiced in Loudoun. Look, she has not clearly. Look, it's spelled <laughs> like it shouldn't be pronounced like that. It, it does. It's an L O U D O U N. So it's the same. Loudoun. O U. Yeah. <laughs> it's Loudoun County. Um, I think I, I heard one person court say there. it once and was like, "Commit that to memory. It's probably going to be important." <laughs> Well, I practice in Northern Virginia and it's in Northern Virginia. Yes. Um, so I actually, and I know the Commonwealth's attorney a little bit, um, down in Loudoun County have had quite a few friends working down there. One in the Commonwealth's office. Yes. One who practices there, um, right now as a civil personal injury attorney and criminal defense attorney, got a call out to my friend, Thomas Holden. He is absolutely fabulous. He works down there. So maybe he knows about this case. I've seen it on national news, um, and we won't go all the way into it, but there was a five... Yeah, stay tuned for it, because it is interesting. It's a jury verdict in flavor... In flavor? <laughs> in favor. We have flavors today, but in favor. In favor of the plaintiff, I think, is what was coming mm-hmm. out, um, of $5 million. Um, yeah, and punitives. And Part punitive. of that is punitive damages, which are very rarely... Awarded accessible, much less awarded. Um, it takes a lot to do that. So that is interesting to us. I think it will be interesting to everyone. In the last one, I told you guys last week that I'm Mm -hmm. tired of the news being negative and depressing. It's been so depressing, especially on the legal front. Maybe we like, you know, put it out there in the universe and the universe delivered. We do have some good legal news. We have, um, a man who was wrongfully convicted that has been released in Missouri. And so we'll talk about that too. I'm very excited. Yeah. So those are our topics. Um, it is the week of Valentine's, um, 2023. So for Valentine's, we've worn a little bit of pink everywhere. Oh, do you want to hear a lawyer's joke about? Oh God. (laughs) I don't know. Do we? Yes. I always have to brace myself. I never know quite what's coming out of her mouth, okay, lawyer's Honestly, joke. me either. But it's like about, like, I saw, I saw <laughs> a meme me. that someone put it on a valentine, which is what brought it to my brain. Mm-hmm. That was like, lawyers don't say I do. Lawyers say I accept the terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> that was so That's cheesy, good. but I couldn't help myself. No, it's so true. It really is. Yes. Do you commit? It depends. Right. <laughs> subject it depends to, on those terms and uh, conditions. Subject to and without waiving. <laughs> I love those Christmas cards, the memes with yes. the Christmas cards of if an attorney says Merry Christmas. And yes. Yeah, it was, we love them. Terms and conditions may apply. They really might. Um, and now our wine. Yes. We also, in terms 
of Valentine's Day. Um, because it's Valentine's, we are doing a red wine today. Um, it's a cherry wine. It's a very sweet cherry it wine. Looks like red, red. Like you're looking it at it. It's it is beautiful. really red, red. We have pre-poured this week. Um, we're going to try to include pictures of the wine in the, the YouTube video portion of the podcast. Yes. So if you wanted to see the wine, check out the video portion of it. Um, it is gorgeous. It yeah, is it really absolutely is. beautiful. The, the bottle is beautiful. It is literally cherry wine is what they call it. Um, it is, we're going back to the beginning at the very first episode we did, um, a wine from the same winery that comes out of Manassas, Virginia. I went back this weekend. Um, my husband and I made a little trip, the Tarani law trip, law unscripted and stock us up. Yeah. To stock us up on some wine. And we brought this back and they actually helped me with the pronunciation. So apologies to them for previously completely mispronouncing things. Um, it was apparently the commendador wine. How did we Insta- say it? Uh, Commodore. Yeah, yeah, Commodore, Commendator. Um, we butchered it, but it was quite lovely. So thankfully, this is called cherry wine. Perfect. <laughs> it's easy enough to pronounce, but the, the winery is Mariah. Okay. It, it's M-O-R-A-I-S. So I thought it was Marais or something yeah. like that, but it's Mariah. Okay. Is how it's pronounced. Lovely winery. I have not met a wine there that I don't like yet, but Yay. I do warn you, this is a dessert wine. We we got the little glasses today, and they're I don't so know that we're going to finish the little glasses, and they're from there. Um, so they have the one shop that we went to is Aroma um, in downtown Manassas, so also in Northern Virginia. So this is Prince William County, and it's the Aroma's wine tasting shop um, at Four Mariah. So it's cheers. So pretty. I'm like looking at the color. It's, yeah, like, it's this is absolutely red, red. gorgeous. So cheers. cheers. You hear my gulp? I did. I did hear it. That is very sweet. It's yeah. Good, though. It's like, it's like you left a cherry in alcohol and now you're eating the cherry. Yes. Yes. It's, it's like it's, a moonshine cherry. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but it's delicious. That is really good. It's, mm, it's growing on me. I really okay. like it. It is very, very sweet. So it if is, you're not into sweet wines, this is not one for you. Take a look at it, but don't drink it. I do. Dr- grab your wine. If you have yes. started watching this and still don't have a glass of wine, please grab your own glass. Join us for happy hour. Absolutely. It is the end of the week. We are going to continue to sip on yes. this wine. I really and Chelsea like can it. see how far she can get in her glass. I really like it. I was scared at first because you guys are like, it's so sweet. It is really sweet. My husband won't drink it. Um, He thinks it's like cough syrup. I don't. I I don't don't think Mm -mm. it is. But, you know, cherry flavor is so often the the common flavor for cough syrup. So everybody's like, oh, it's cherry. But it's it's not. To me, again, it's like you've Mm -mm. done, you've actually eaten the cherry that's been in alcohol, but not the alcohol. That's how it tastes to me. That is kind of how it tastes. That's... It's good. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So right. Gabby Petito, so, um, not sweet and not pleasant. No. Quick but refresh. Holy there were two separate crud. Yeah. Tell us more about, let's refresh there. We have talked about it before, but this is a quick recap. So there was this suit against the police department in Moab. And then you had Gabby Petito's parents suing Brian Landry's parents in Florida. So we're not talking about Moab. We're back down in Florida. Well, there are. There's several. There's the one in Florida is already concluded. So the wrongful death lawsuit against 
Brian Landry. Yes, but the is parents concluded. is in Florida. Correct. Too. But yes, the one sorry. that the parents are bringing, yeah, there are three. So there we, are really we, three, but there is so <laughs> crazy. So the the first one is yes. concluded. That's the estate of Gabby Petito against the estate of Brian Landry yes. for wrongful death. Yes. That's concluded. She won it um, through settlement. Yes. Um, collections, probably not, but it is a verdict in her favor. So now there are the two remaining against the Moab City Police Department and we had or county. Update on that was last week yes. about sort of more evidence coming forward. So if you want to see that, head to last week's mm-hmm. episode. But this week, we have an update on, and we I think we touched on it last week, that the attorney was allowed to be added to the complaint that Correct. her parents are bringing against Brian Landry's parents. Um, mm-hmm. So they were granted a motion to amend their complaint. And these allegations. Yeah. So the the lawsuit is alleging basically intentional infliction of emotional yes. distress. That is the essence of this lawsuit that they have brought, that the Petito family or Gabby's parents have brought against Brian Landry's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, basically saying, because you knew that our daughter was dead. And you gave a statement. Yeah, you gave a statement that basically implied that she was still alive. Yes. That you then inflicted more distress because it took weeks to yes. find her. Yes. This was not something where the murder happened and they immediately found her. This Mm-mm. is, he killed her out in Moab, left her. Yes. Went back to Florida, went on a camping trip mm-hmm. with his parents. The Landry family went on a camping trip. They then allegedly... Lied to the FBI for a couple days or a week about not knowing where he was at. Um, And then he did commit suicide and things have gone from there. But what has come forward now? And they um, found the body like three weeks later. Yes. Yes. So, and let me pull out before we go on and I've pulled my notes out um, real quick because there, I did want to get, I have two different notes here. And I want to, because you guys know me in my notes, um, I will throw them back away in a second, but there's something very, okay. So yeah, here is the quote. Cause I think this is important. So during these weeks that Gabby was missing, mm-hmm. um, the Landry family through their attorney, yes. and that's why this is important is that through their attorney, they issue a statement Yes. while people are searching there was a search she's a going missing on person at this point. Exactly. She's just missing. She's not dead. She's yes. just missing. And it was later they found not her, but her remains. Yes. So, you know how long they'd been out there and they issue a statement that says this is understandably an extremely difficult time for both the Petito family and the Landry family. It is our understanding that a search has been organized for Miss Petito in or near Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. On behalf of the Landry family, it is our hope that the search for Miss Petito is successful and that Miss Petito is reunited with her family. Which, be so for real right now. Yes. So that is the quote that the Landry family Mm -hmm. used. And the lawsuit is saying that that statement was, quote, insensitive, cold-hearted, and outrageous, end quote. I would agree. Which seems to be, and that it inflicted emotional distress because it led the family to believe Petito could still be alive. Yes. When allegedly the Landrys knew she was yes. already dead. 
Yes, they had, at this point when they issued this statement, I only remember this from like the first time we talked about this, was that when they issued the statement, their son had already come home yeah. um, and they had already retained this attorney, which, uh, I mean, it's speculation, I suppose, but I think anyone with like common sense is going to say there was a reason they retained an attorney after Usually, their son came yes. home. yes. I mean, absolutely. There's there's good cause. Yes. And, oh, so sorry. I just kicked the table. Good cause to <laughs> question why did you get an attorney so soon but so the attorney is added and let me say it this way so everybody understands the duty- mm-hmm. duties of attorneys everyone has to tell the truth right you're supposed to tell the truth whole truth and nothing but the truth and nothing but but it t- and you know you're held to the truth and can only be prosecuted for lying if you do so if you lie under oath yes But for attorneys, it extends further. We have ethical duties where we cannot lie to a tribunal, which is the court. Um, We can't knowingly make a false statement. Or knowingly, how do you say that word? Which one? S-U-B, subjourn, suborn, 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 perjury. Perjury. That's what I was looking for. I don't know why my brain isn't functioning. (laughs) Yeah, you can't knowingly Put a client or yes. a witness on the stand if you know that they are going to lie. You can't do it. Now, most lawyers get around this by not, quote, knowing that their client or another witness is lying. Yes. That's where we get into a lot of case law that's really shady and where attorneys skate the line. This I is mean, the gray area of when do you know? Do you do you know because you're pretty clever and you figured it out and yes. everybody knows? Or do you know because they told you? Right. Do you know because the vibes? <laughs> Chelsea's vibes? Is that how you know? But that's the thing, at least how I understand it, is that if you are especially a criminal defense mm-hmm. attorney, you don't want to have your... Like, if I was representing a client, hypothetically, don't tell me if you did it or not. I don't want to know. Right. Because then my representation of you becomes that much more difficult. It does, because I can't put you on the stand if I know you're going to say you didn't do it, but I know that you did. Exactly. I I cannot do it. Legally, ethically, all of these standards for an attorney are heightened. So what's happened in this case is... The Landry family, they're saying the Petito family is saying, look, the Landry family made the statement, right? Yep. Through their attorney, they made the statement. So it is imputed to them. But they already knew yes. that Gabby was dead. So why would you put out a statement saying you're hopeful that she's alive and they'll find you her? You can always just be quiet. Just say <laughs> nothing. Just say nothing. Nobody required them yes. to make any statement, right? Yes. Nobody. This the attorney wasn't required to make any statement. No. All you have to do, people don't like it, but all you have to do is say no comment or our prayers are with the family. I yeah. Done. Period. That's it. That's all you have Which to say. I do think it makes the. If you say anything, if they said something like that, either silence or said something like prayers there are with the family, there would be no lawsuit. There would be no lawsuit. But they went out of their way to affirmatively make. A statement to the world. Yeah. To the world. Yeah. Of, you know, we hope she's alive, which implies they think that she might be or she yes. could be. And, and we, know that she, we hope that she's reunited. If you know that's not a pot, that is a, that is a callous thing to say. It is. And so the attorney has been included. Yes. Because so, they're alleging that he knew also that she was dead. Probably. So you can't, as an attorney... 
you're not just a mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. You're not just a, I'll take and communicate a message. You are now adopting it and saying on behalf of the Landry family, this is what they have to say. But if you know, it's a lie, you can't say it on their behalf either. No, you can't. No. So the question arises, when did he know? And this opens up so many legal ethical issues. Yes. Because the communications are privileged. It's sacred. Yeah. There's the attorney client privilege, which is very much like the, the priest, you know, you cannot break that seal. I am not allowed to tell you. Sometimes I'm not even allowed to tell you that I have a particular client because that even alone is breaking the attorney client privilege. But even beyond that, I'm not allowed to say what my clients told me. So in normal life, he would not be allowed to say, even in court, what his clients, the Landry Mm -hmm. family, told him. But in this particular case, the judge is very likely going to require him to testify either in a deposition under oath interrogatories, written interrogatories, or even at trial as to what the family told him. Okay. So this is my question for you because, you know, obviously I'm still not an attorney soon. We're we're counting down the days. You're so close. Can the judge do that? Yes. And does it not come down to like, as an attorney, do you not say, you know, if you want to keep practicing law, like, do you really break client? You don't easily. So normally what happens is you have to fight it, right? You have to get your own attorney. (laughs) Now as an attorney, you have to get an attorney, which he did do. He's not representing them here. um, And they each have other attorneys representing them. You can't. Right. When you're in a position where you may have to throw your clients under the bus, you have to get your own attorney. You have a conflict of interest now. You cannot represent a client that you are also now in a lawsuit with yeah. as a co-defendant. You cannot do it. And the interesting thing about the attorney that uh, the Landry family has now. The new one. Acquired. I don't even know his name. I don't even know if it's a heat. To be Where did they find these people? No idea. But there was a hearing. So this is what's brought it all back up. There was a hearing on Tuesday. New hearing this Tuesday. Valentine's. Uh, yeah. I think. I think it was. I mean, Tuesday is Valentine's. Right. I'm not going to speculate on dates on this show anymore. I know. Because- <laughs> We're so messed up on our dates, y'all. Look at the date that's actually on YouTube and the podcast because yes. don't trust what us we say a calendar. And it's even before we drink that we say the dates. Yes. I chalk it up to being bad at numbers, math, all of it. Don't, don't trust me. You know me. what, though? I have to call out, and I don't even remember which user it is, so forgive me, but... I had a really good laugh. I think it was fairly derogatory at us. Oh, great. Um, a poor comment that was not pleasant toward us. But one of the comments on the YouTube um, podcast video from, I think it was last week, was something to the effect of, you've already had too much wine, or you've I think you've had too Sir, much wine. I just gotten started. Don't. <laughs> Hilarious comment to us. Um, we're not replying because I don't uh, want to reply to derogatory comments. I do, but, but I'm behaving myself because people like that, you know what I want to do? I want to message back and say, come on the show then. You think you, you think you could do it so much better? Come on. Or even that, or if you have a different opinion, tell us what it is. Um, that is why we're here. And yes, we drink, uh, but it, you can tell how many glasses or non-glasses that we're actually drinking, but it was fairly entertaining um, to get a comment. Yes. No matter what the comment was. Anyway, very so, random tangent. No, but I love it. Sorry. 
Look, we're drinking. The wine has not yet gotten to us, even though we mess up the dates before we drink the wine. That was the yes. That was the whole premise of that whole I conversation. So the hearing on Tuesday. Yes. Um, Back to Gabby. Yes, because the trial is scheduled for August. So I'm assuming this is some sort of like preliminary Yeah, pre-trial motion. Um, This attorney representing the Landry family. The new one. Yes. So in some discovery, and I don't know what at what point in the process they really are, but they either found out or have seen, unclear, a letter between Miss Landry, Mrs. Landry and her son. To Um, Brian. And this predates y'all. Oh, so if we did a crime podcast, this is like crime podcast. Yes. This is what this is. And this is like how to lose your bar card 101. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we, I mean, it's a shocking letter. It really is. But let me tell you for the legal side of it, this is, you are on par here is how do you lose your license? Did he know about this letter? So tell us what is in there because if the attorney knew about this letter, saw the letter, anything before he made that statement, then to me, he's in so much worse of a shape legally, ethically, everything. And honestly, the bar is probably knowing what I do about bar associations and the bar councils in different state. Like we have an oversight board. Yeah. As attorneys, we have oversight boards in each state. And if a complaint is raised, they have to review the complaint. If it's meritorious, they bring it up through the ranks. There are certain procedures that each state takes. But let me tell you, I am confident, not sure, I don't know, but I am fairly confident that he is under strict review right now. That they are watching, his state is watching what is happening with this lawsuit and what comes out in public record and maybe not in public record because they have the right to subpoena and request records that even aren't in public. So the bar council can do that. I think that will be, depending on sort of the outcome of the trial, I do think there will probably be some proceedings in the state bar. There have um, to be. Possibly for the attorney who's the defendant, possibly for the attorney who's now representing them. Because yeah. there's this letter and there's not a copy of it. Um, it seems that the Petito family is requesting a full copy of the letter. So we don't know. The FBI seems to have it. Well, the FBI, I did read this, the Denver FBI gave it to the attorney who is now a defendant. Which attorney? The I thought it was given to the, oh God. So he, and they released a statement saying it was turned over to, it's like Bertolino or something at this date in this time. So here's the thing. And that's not the plaintiff's attorney. That's the defense attorney. That's the attorney who was the one who gave the statement, but is now as the additional defendant. Oh my God. Um, So yeah, they have cleared that up. No, I can't. As an attorney, I hear my Southern draw is coming out. I do not. It is not a happy thing when people lose their license. It is terrifying. Yes. As an attorney, the thing that makes me lose sleep at night is any possibility that I have messed up on, you know, to my clients. It scares me to death. And I have had many attorney friends who say they will wake up from a dead sleep and wonder, oh my God, did I miss this deadline? Did I not sign this document? Is there something I did wrong? Because the fear is real. Yes. And I do not wish for anyone to lose their license. Mm-mm. I do not wish for anyone to have a review by the bar. It is yeah. terrifying. And I don't wish that on anyone. But in this case, it is so shocking. I'm like, well, they, I don't wish it on him. 
Mm-hmm. And I hope that these things don't prove true for this attorney. I really hope so. But yes. what a horrible position that he's in. So it seems that he was given mm. um, this letter as part of the FBI's investigation. Now, again, we don't know how the Petito family sort of found out about the letter or right. how much they've seen or what that is. But they do seem to know there is a letter and what it contains um, is shocking. Crazy. And I don't mean to be like over dramatic about it, but this letter was written again. But it's um, not over dramatic. The letter itself is dramatic. It's crazy. And you know, I say a lot of things, but I wouldn't write that down. Um, <laughs> You're at least not smart. I mean, I do record it, but <laughs> but you can get my tone in a recording. Yeah. Like, some of the things I say in jest, I would never write because of this reason. So it's okay. It's all on video now. But you can see I'm joking. <laughs> Um, so this was between, yeah, the mom and Brian Landry, her son, and the excerpts and quotes that we are aware of, it Mm -hmm. mentions, and this is before Gabby and Brian left to go on the trip. Well, no, we don't know. Their attorney is now claiming that, but we do not know. It has not been confirmed, but that's what he's sort of putting forward. But it talks about, um, that she would be willing to sort of like get him a shovel and help him bury a body and also burn after reading. Are we in like a, a Nancy Drew novel? Like be for real. Right. Agatha Christie, Nancy Drew. One, who writes a letter to the, like their family like that anymore? Right. Like odd. I mean, do they think yeah. they were being sneaky by not texting it would be my thought. And I guess so. I mean, who writes letters anymore? But it goes even beyond that. And here I'm pulling yes. my notes out again because these, this is, you've got most of it. There was one more okay. thing in it that I wanted to see. It's kind of absurd. It is. Did you? Um, Okay. Oh, goodness. Where is it? And I'm so sorry that I am the microphone. It's not going well. Um, There was something to the effect, if I remember correctly, and I hate to say anything wrong or misleading. You can tell me I'll say it wrong. (laughs) I think think that extra wording was something about either she would help him in prison. Oh, yes. While she was in prison. Do you remember this statement? What is this extra statement? That she would sneak a saw into a cake. That's what if it he was. was arrested. If, he w- if he went to to prison, bringing a shovel and burying the body, yes, this is this is crazy. So here's the family, the Petito family yes. is alleging that they need this letter. It's relevant to the case. Yes. So they're saying that they need to, that in the course of discovery that they need to comply with providing this letter, which anybody who like. It even caught me not using my legal brain. I was like, oh my God, yeah, they have to turn it over, right? Um, but then you have their attorney in this hearing on Tuesday saying this letter was written before they left for the trip, which predates I had, the which trip. I, I had two thoughts on this because we don't know the full contents of the letter. I'm like, okay, great. They might lose their suit for, you know, they might win. <laughs> they on, may win. They may win on emotional distress but can we talk about first degree murder premeditation and like co-conspirators conspiracy like why why would you say that 
think, people, as an attorney, your statement to the judge should not be, quote, the document predates Brian and Gabby's trip. (laughs) Okay? Your quote should be as follows. There is no date on that document. Yes. End quote. Which, again. Done. Because that takes it from. We cannot imply when this was written. Done. Absurd. So that seems like great. You might win your civil suit, but you've now implicated your clients in that. That what he what? did with that to me is like my worst nightmare. Someone who has not started practicing yet to say because I yes. say a lot of things to say something like that terrifies me. But he's saying I know that some of the wording that was used in the letter is unfortunate, unfortunate, and might suggest that it has some connection, but it doesn't. It doesn't? How do we know if I can't see it? Yes. Even at least let the judge do a review of it. An in-camera review where I'm the nosy. judge reviews make them, it. Make, it re- make them release it to the public. I'm nosy. Yeah. I mean, well, if there's a trial, it might be. Yes. That's the thing. But, but they did make, and this is, again, going from, like, normal people brain to, like, legal brain. If the letter predates the trip as this attorney is alleging it is not relevant to the emotional distress claim it could be relevant to a different cause of action right but i disagree really i do disagree i i see your reasoning and i think that's the reasoning that the lawyer is using is okay petito family your allegation is it's this statement made after the yes, trip to is Utah what caused like what you're alleging, right? Is, that's the emotional distress. So if this predates that, then it can't be any part of the intentional emotional distress. Yes. But in my argument for the Petito family would be, it's even more relevant because you were already planning her death before right. she went to Utah. So you have an extra duty. Not only did you know at the time that that statement was made that she was dead, but you already know that there was a plan for her death or an idea that she would die or that you would help her die or that you would help cover up her death. That this Right. Poor Gabby. I mean, she was living with them. Like it makes me very sad for her. Like I can't imagine Mm. Being in that environment. No, to be fair, I would never want anyone to read the text between me and my mom. Because yeah, <laughs> we know about you and your mom. This but is discoverable information. <laughs> I think I would plead to a life sentence in jail before let, letting that come out. Like, I'm, I can't. <laughs> that group chat and the one with me and my sister and her, absolutely not. I mm. yeah, Don't no. make it public. Uh-uh. Just plead. Yeah. Absolutely. That, you know, you got to save something, your pride and dignity there. (laughs) And this is one of those things is, you know, how much do you fight it? And this is the art of law. This is the strategy portion. What is the strategy here? The strategy of the defense attorney for the Landry family is to say this letter shouldn't be produced because it predates. It has nothing to do with this. Right. It predates the statement to the media, which is the crux of the argument in this complaint. Yes. Your complaint is this statement, this one statement after she presumably was already dead Mm -hmm. was what caused you emotional distress. So anything before that could not have caused you distress. Okay. I have a question for you because I don't know the answer to this. Yes. Okay, great. Now that we know this, can't her, can't the Petito's attorneys be like, great. So glad you mentioned that we would like to amend our complaint again and add wrongful death. Now it's relevant. 
Right. Is that not the response? Or do you have to file? Yes, you would. In this case, probably file another suit. You would probably have to file another suit and you would have to do it because it's so particular. Wrongful death is so different that it now it could be combined. Okay. But it's unlikely that a judge would say, oh, just amend the complaint and give yeah. leave to file Especially that. Especially since now the attorney is another defendant, right? Like, uh, Right. But if you're way, saying some kind of conspiracy to commit murder look, is now a wrongful death. They've already done two complaints for wrongful death, like control, find, and like change some names and like resubmit, <laughs> okay? Copy, paste, <laughs> do some edits. Look, that's <laughs> my specialty. Uh <laughs> But that would be my yes. thought. It's like, okay, great. I'm so glad you mentioned that it wasn't relevant to this, but it would mm-hmm. be relevant to other things. Like, I just think bad move by the Landry attorney, but then you have the yeah. attorney for the attorney. Right. The other attorney. And he came forward and had two arguments. He filed a motion to dismiss. Correct. And He's then- trying to dismiss his client, the original attorney who made that yes. statement. He's trying to dismiss him as an as a defendant. Saying, number one, um, attorney-client privilege. And then what mm-hmm. was it? There was a second thing he was arguing. There was a second thing. I don't remember what You're it was. Absolutely it didn't right. make a lot of sense to me. I don't recall. There is a second mm-hmm. um, argument. I don't think that that one has been heard. There was an original motion yes. to dismiss, which was denied. Then there was the motion... Yeah, I mean, they they amended, they were allowed to amend the complaint, not for wrongful death, but to include the defense attorney as a defendant for causing this emotional distress by making this statement. So I don't know what the new argument is to to dismiss him, but honestly, okay, strategy. Everybody's strategy is different. And I do not know the facts that are there and the facts that are not there. And what the, the... clients have told their attorneys or right and in this case yes there is attorney client privilege everywhere and you have to defend on attorney client privilege yes that attorney has to say to the judge my client can't release this because it's attorney client privilege and they has to fight it they have to fight it yeah there is only a court order that can break that privilege and even with a court order he could I mean, he might be held in contempt, but he could still refuse to comply. Anybody can always refuse to comply. But yes, you could very well be held in contempt if there is a court order that says you have to do it. But based on the ethics rules in each state, it is usually the only way you can break the attorney-client privilege. The judge can compel you. Is by a judge court order compelling you to do so. And the the question in this case for him is, what did he know? For certain. And the only way he would know or not know is if his clients told him. So if he knows that they were dead, it would be, be, or that Gabby was dead, it would be because the Landry family told him. Because his defense rests solely on what his clients did or didn't say. And I That's think, his defense. Yes. And I think, assuming, I'm just brainstorming here, that they probably had some sort of conversation instead of maybe write, I mean, who knows? This mom apparently likes to write letters. And Is then there also, another letter. I'm sorry. Just also the thought of her writing this in a letter, putting burn after reading and her son, who is a murderer, kept was, like, it. was like, not going to do that. <laughs> he kept it. Be so for real. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, is there going to be invisible ink next? Like, what is right, this? I mean, my son writes an invisible ink on my walls, so at least he knows to do things invisibly. It's, like, somehow so goofy and heartbreaking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is bizarre behavior, I think. Um, but who knows? Yeah, so in my opinion, my little lay opinion here. Not a lay opinion. I mean... Well, it's as an attorney, I guess, but not, you know, clearly not as an attorney for these people, right. any of these people in this case. Thank God. But right. Oh, Virginia, I, I don't, don't know, know if I want to work for him. <laughs> I don't know that, that I could do it. But if I did, I personally don't think this would be my strategy. Mm-mm. My own strategy, and it depends on what the actual facts are that they have access to that we don't. Yes. But in knowing what's in the news, my thought would be, instead of arguing about this letter, let's not do a motion. Let's settle this. Let's settle this case so there's no motion in the public about my clients trying to bury a body. And because even if... Even if let me not even make them right, maybe it was a joke about something else. Even if we see that in the light most favorable to them, but now the fact you're trying to hide it has made it a thing. If you sort of like didn't react, like protect your clients, and to me, as a strategy, the best protection of my clients, whatever the original meaning of this letter, is it would be a better protection for them criminally, civilly. You know, to maybe not do this in a courtroom and on the news. Let's not do a public motion about a letter where the family says they're going to bury a body with a shovel. And then sneak a saw into person. This is not a light most favorable to my client. So let's prevent it. Let's go. Before we do this motion. what was she going to do with a saw in prison? I'm sorry. I'm stuck on that. One, you thought you could bake a cake and get a saw into prison. Now, I'm not a prison guard, but I would say... (laughs) I would not be fooled by that, right? <laughs> I don't think you can Usually do not. that. It's it's very old school. I like, mean, are you it's like fifties, sixties. But like, saw through the bars. Where you go in? Like Shawshank Redemption. Like, dig yourself. Out. I'm sorry. Yeah. Absurd. Absurd. It strategy. We are so closely following this case. <laughs> Clearly, this is like the third or fourth episode we've talked about it. But it is it, truly everything coming out is a new legal twist. It really is, and I think. I'm interested in, because the high profile, you really do see it playing out with a lot mm-hmm. of the facts in the news versus like your average lawsuit. You're not going to see this back and forth so readily available and see sort of what their yeah. strategies are. So it is interesting to watch the the legal strategies on both sides. It really is. So I mean, three sides tuned, now. Right? Goodness. Stay tuned. We are watching it closely. Maybe we rename our podcast. Gabby <laughs> Patino crime podcast um but it's not just about crime it is about the law the law this is the law that is happening and this and is fresh off the presses tuesday y'all seriously okay so that's our gabby yes. petito news um, our loudon county okay loudon county yes is in northern virginia okay it is like an hour away from where i live and work is that really it is yeah what is you next used to, it? to be able to go by ferry, but they've shut the ferry down. There was a whole lawsuit about the ferry. Um, yeah, you didn't know about that, did you? I don't really know geography, to be honest. I'm like, <laughs> where would you ferry from? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, there was a ferry that went from Maryland to Virginia to get into Loudoun County. But um, anyway, 
Loudoun County is where this has happened. Someone give me a map. <laughs> I'm very familiar. I don't. I couldn't tell you more than you got to have the ferry, or you used to be able to use the ferry, and now oh, you can't, which is very inconvenient. Okay. Um, the ferry was much closer to my home. Really? Yeah, it was. Um, but anyway, okay. Loudoun County in Northern Virginia. This is. You are going to have to tell us what has happened because it's a very odd. Great. Set of facts. I have the facts, and tell me you can explain what happened with the jury and what's going to happen with the payment. This Perfect. is like next door. This is where yes. I practice. This is maybe it's not interesting to you, but it's a really but it's interesting fast, to it, wherever see it is. It's an interest. I think it's sort an of the case. way that when you have these big settlements, like what actually happens. And I think mm-hmm. obviously it varies state by state. We talked about this actually in my class on Tuesday, uh, Virginia Civil Procedure about these. Damages. Which, how interesting. Perfect of all timing. the classes that Chelsea is taking in law school, this is her last year. Yes. I have an interesting selection of, I've taken a lot of weird classes in law school. But they've been <laughs> good for you. Yes. They, they really have been good for you. They've been smart choices. Yes. And in preparation for the bar this summer, she has decided to take a Virginia Civil Procedure class. Yes. Um, and it really seems, it it's fitting so well with all of the things that we're doing. Yeah. And apparently just matched I'm, this case. It, really the for timing did. I'm also so lucky my professor is a judge. So she's an adjunct professor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's currently, I don't actually don't know what county she's in. That's so terrible. Um, but she <laughs> sorry if you're watching. She's an amazing professor and she's really funny. Love the class. Obviously, like I'm her biggest hype man right now. <laughs> but here's what happened in this case. So we're in Loudoun County. We have to like rewind to 2018. Okay. In 2018, there is this teacher. I don't know her last name. It's Kim is her first name. So Kim is a teacher. She also has some sort of like custodial guardianship relationship with a student, um, a 17-year-old student. It does not seem clear from what I've read what that agreement exactly was, but there was some sort of relationship there, guardian relationship to be clear. However, um, reports came forward saying that there is a sexual relationship between Mm. these two. Seems there was a lackluster investigation. Um, And that was at the end, like the last couple months of 2018. And so beginning of February 2019. So I know the years are different, but like very close time frame. Mm -hmm. She's arrested. um, And I think it was like two months later, charges were dropped. Um, But at that time. And she was arrested for like sexual assault charges, yes. some kind of sexual I mean, impropriety. She's a teacher who is being charged with having a sexual relationship with her student. Mm-hmm. Um, yikes. Those are, I mean, they're, those are inflammatory charges and when they are true, they need to be done. Absolutely. They absolutely need to be charged. I think held every, accountable. every report should be investigated, but it mm-hmm. seems here there was also not much of an investigation. She herself okay. was never interviewed by the police or sheriffs. I don't know what they're called in Loudoun County. Um, they never interviewed her. They never interviewed any of the alleged victims, friends. They didn't pull any of the like po- um, what's her, phone records okay. um, that would have... T- none of that happened. But she lost her job, lost her friends... You lose everything. Destroyed her life. Right. This is something you would sue for defamation. This is the kind of case where you would say it's defamation because you defamed my character. Yes. And now with my my reputation is ruined. Yes. And so I believe. How do you get a job after that, especially in your profession of teaching? I mean, anytime someone Googles her name, Mm -hmm. 
hopefully the updated stories will come up, but are they? Well, that's what happens even in domestic violence cases where they're charged with domestic violence Mm -hmm. and there there are times where it is true. Right. But for the times that it is not true or they're yeah. let off or they're, you know, other things, it's always in the news that they were arrested for domestic violence. And it wasn't necessarily true, but you Google it yeah. and that's the first thing that comes up. What do you do? So Your I think character is destroyed. It's like a double-edged sword because I think transparency and obviously Chelsea's hot takes how I feel about the law. I think transparency... <laughs> Transparency in the legal system, I think, is great. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is important. I think that is valuable. But with that being said, you also sort of have cases that play out in the media. Yeah. And we've talked about it almost every episode because it's that relevant at this point. And it's a double-edged sword. I don't want courtrooms to be locked away. I don't want right. proceedings to be locked away. But I also don't want things like this to happen. Yeah. Um, so she sued them. And I there were a couple different causes of action in a civil Who suit. Who did she sue? The, is it the sheriff or the police department? I think it's the sheriff's, sheriff's department. Because um, I think that was who was Usually it's the sheriffs in the counties, but I, I honestly don't know in this particular case. And so I think it is defamation and malicious prosecution and a couple other things in the same realm. It's all about how there was no investigation done and this ruined her life. Um, Which, seriously. Yes. And there must have... I wish we knew about this before we hear heard about this big settlement because it was a trial for five days in a civil trial. I do trial. wish we had figured it out. Because if only we had known, I would have followed that. I may even have driven Gone. down there and watched it. Because we've talked about this before. A five-day civil trial for something that's not big names, that's a long time. It is a really long time. Most of my civil cases are a couple hours at most. I was so shocked. It is hard to get... If you get a jury, you get a day, maybe two, because you yeah. have to select the jury and then do the openings yeah. and come back the next day. But it is not usually five, unless it's a med mal case. If it's a medical malpractice, then maybe. But right. other than that, to get past two days is really hard. Yeah. And and I'm pouring more wine. I was going to say, you are really not good. drinking I'm, I'm much talking wine. A lot. No, I've been talking a lot. I don't think that's true. It's really good, though. I've taken a couple it sips. Is, I do really like it. I've drunk my entire little glass of wine. Oh, my and God, I'm gonna Virginia. Pour. I know, right? The wine the is going to your head. are so true. And I'm like, it's delicious. I love how you got criticized for it, but I say the most outlandish things, and no one has said anything to me. It is really funny. It, it, it was a, a very enlightening comment. Seriously. Thank you, Hater101. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, So, despite the trial being five days, which I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but that's a lot of evidence, I would assume. um, Five days, yeah. And the jury said, two hours and we're back, baby. Which, a five-day trial and only to deliberate for two hours? I mean, you had to have, the jury believed it. They went back and they said, what's our poll? Okay, we all believe it. You know, they they probably spent an hour choosing a foreman, and then and then they one said, hour. Great, we're all on the same page. How much money are we going to give her? How much money? It is the first hour was voting for a foreman and voting for a yes or no Do you decision. Vote for a foreman is that? Yes. Foreman? is that how it works? Yeah. I thought the judge picked somebody. No. Oh no, the jury picks a foreman. Oh my! The jury. What? How do you not know this? I guess you don't know. I just, I've tried to get on a jury, but despite my best efforts, they will not let me. I would never be picked for a jury. I try. I try 
ever, I've gotten called for a couple of years ago in Columbus, like three times within the span of like a year and a half. And every time they kept dismissing me. What's funny, my brother-in-law tangent, my brother-in-law just got picked for a jury and he is on the jury and he actually told people, he's like, I just want you to know that my sister-in-law is a lawyer and that my wife is now working for her full time. And this is what she does for her practice. And they didn't and, kick him off? And they did not. They chose him for the jury. They chose him. So he's serving on the jury. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yeah, you don't know where he case. is. You or, don't know what the case is. But he, he did. He was like, I just want you to know that my sister works for a personal injury attorney who's my I'm sister-in-law. Jealous. And he got on the jury. I've tried multiple times. I think I just clearly am not able to hide my opinions. <laughs> no one wants me. I think I would be a very good juror, but no one good... wants me. I would be immediately you would dismissed. You be a great juror because juries fall asleep and don't care about what's happening I'd be on sometimes. It. You would be, I'd be on totally it. on it. They'd, you'd be like, I'd be taking me, notes. Your it's Honor, okay, I got this. Your Honor, can I get another legal pad over here? <laughs> this one is not enough. <laughs> Clearly, I need notes. I need notes. Can I see that evidence again? Can I get a copy of it? Can you put that in the jury room? You would be, be a awful. great juror. No, you would be a great juror. <laughs> I am a nightmare for any attorney looking for a juror. I think but I, I am, would be. I, I think, think you would be, be good at it. You would be fair. I think I would have a strong opinion afterwards, but I would be fair. I think I would have a strong opinion after opening statements, <laughs> and it would take a lot to dissuade me. <laughs> I almost spit on the microphone. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to do that, but I do have to be honest. But that's why they say that opening statements are sometimes the most important part of the entire trial. Because I'm a vibes and gut check person, and I would have a feeling in it. Again, you're not supposed to, and maybe this is why I was never selected for a jury, because I would definitely be like, eh, this is what my gut's telling me. It but it's a, so a lot to important that opening statements for attorneys and potential attorneys who are listening, this, 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 this Chelsea, <laughs> right here, is why your opening statements are the most important part of your trial. And if you're in a state like Virginia that allows you personally con to conduct your own voir dire or questioning of the jury, that is more important than the opening because yeah. people are watching from the very beginning and their opinions start to form at the very beginning. So if you're in a state that allows an attorney to voir dire, your attorney doing the voir dire is the most important person in that trial. Absolutely. If I mean, they don't, in Maryland, the attorneys are not allowed to. I was so upset when I found that out when I started practicing in Maryland and I was not allowed to voir dire my own jury. I was so upset. It's like, I don't know what to do. I can't pick them. I can't. This is, why does the judge do this for me? And I can't ask yeah. these questions because I would have all of these questions. I was used to Virginia. Wow. I was so upset. So in Maryland, my focus is the opening statement because yeah. that's the first time that the jury gets to see me and my client. Yeah. And my client is me. Yeah. 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 I and mean, you're right. I, it would be whenever the attorney I first heard from them, I would absolutely start forming an opinion then. Yeah. And that you are real. You I'm are honest. a real I'm just be juror. honest about it. You're a real person because that's true is people start, start forming opinions at the very beginning. And sometimes those are so strong that you cannot dissuade them. Yeah. From the very beginning. So you've sure. got to have 
an opening statement to me is even more important than a closing statement because you make or break the opinion of a jury from the very beginning. Yeah, I don't. And I, again, have never been on a jury despite my best efforts, but I don't think anyone's making the decision during the closing argument. They're not. By then, they've already decided. Yes. I mean, you hope, as an attorney, you hope that there are some arguments that you can make in closing that might persuade that one final person. Or just remind them of something. Remind them, review the evidence with them. And in attorney world, it's very interesting. In attorney world, the closing attorney is usually more highly favored than the opening attorney. Really? Because they think the closing person is going to swoop in and make the final arguments and change everybody's minds or, you know, make that final person believe the last part of it. So the closing attorney, they normally put their best attorney on the closing argument. But in my mind, you put your best attorney on that opening argument. Yeah, I didn't. That's that's where you put your best attorney. Your best attorney should be making the opening statement because that is where the very first impression that you make comes out. And you can't change the first impression. No. So why would you put a weaker attorney on an opening statement? Mine is not, not the common view. It's not. But that is my opinion on strategy. Or if you, you have just, the same attorney, great. You have yeah. the same great attorney on both the opening and the closing. Right. Or the same really poor attorney on the opening and closing. But if you're doing a dual presentation, if you have co-counsel, no mm-hmm. offense to anybody, put your stronger person on the opening. And if you get offended and you're like, oh, I'm the stronger person, I want to do the closing, then do both. That's my opinion. That's real. You know, I think that there are di- people have different skills in trial. I think, da, da, da. Maybe the Therefore wine's I getting am. to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that kind yeah. of stuff. When you, I mean, I'm just thinking about the trial ad classes we've done. Like some people are really good at cross. Some people are really good at direct. Some people, right. are, even though they would seem similar openings and closings. They're different. Um, I hate doing openings. Oh my God, I love them. To me, I get, I feel the same way about openings as I do about direct. I'm bored. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but because you have so much to do in an but opening. I get every, I've gotten the same critique on every opening I've ever given to argumentative, which makes sense. So it's I prefer hard. closings because I feel like it can be impassioned a little bit more, which is like my style. Some people are really good at being convincing in a way that is like, I'm an expert. Here are the facts. Mm-hmm. That's obviously not the way I speak, um, which, you know, it's not everybody's style. And that's why, and and this is a, a sense where if you and I were doing co-counsel, yeah. I would probably put you in the closing, not just because, and, and I hate to say it because I've just argued that the better attorney is on the opening. No, but she, it's not. I'm not an attorney. Well, that's be the, the better thing, attorney. It's not because you're a poor attorney, but because you're a new attorney, right? If yeah. you and I were, if you were to join me in October, which is the hope, um, that if we did a trial together, which yeah. is also my hope, that you would do closings, not necessarily because I was a better attorney, because you have skills and I see your values so intrinsically. Just me cry, guys. <laughs> I have so much regard for you and your skill. But I would put you on your on the closing, not because I'm a better attorney at opening or a better attorney, but because your skill set is better on closing. I would agree. I think you are the type of person that it's funny because I am, you know, they talk about all these style points. I am the person who's like very impassioned and that is one style of lawyering, not for everybody. And I think when people who don't naturally do that, try to do that, 
it looks cheesy. And when yeah. people who are naturally like me trying to be a very like methodical mm-hmm. opener or clo- like it looks cringy, like it's gross. But if you can utilize those things where they are better for an opening, I do think it's more convincing not to have someone who is like full of like fire and brimstone in an opening, which is funny because that's how I talk. That's like, I am that person. And that's why you're a closer. But when I see prosecutors and I've like mm-hmm. watched like YouTube trials of just recordings of people, which is good. prosecutor comes out of the gate and opening just like real steamed up. It turns me off, even though that's like how I speak. Like it is very, right. it's like too much right They're now. They're supposed to be in closing. So even if it's not a better attorney, so yes, I stand by my for, yes. former better attorney. First. But even then, even if you have a better attorney, Sometimes they're better on closing and you put your weaker attorney on opening because you look at the skill set. Yeah. You also look at the skill set and openings are very different than closing. So figure out, first of all, who's got the experience. Yeah. What their talents are and what their experience is. And for you, even though every law professor that I've had, I'm so sorry, would probably say, no, Virginia, you should do a closing and Chelsea should be doing an opening. Even out of the gate, I would say no. In this particular case, my strategy based on knowing who you are, are, who I am, who we are, Chelsea's skill set is better in closing. Chelsea lacks the ability to (laughs) tell a story in chronological order. That is the the key problem with me doing openings is that like I know the story in my head and so I'm bored and I'm like, okay, great. It's the vibes. (laughs) It's all the vibes and the vibes go in closing. The vibes go in closing. And cross because you you don't know what somebody's going to say. I like that because direct, I'm like, tell me where you were. Tell me what you did. I'm I'm so good at direct. To me, I just get very like unenthusiastic about it and I'm like, okay, great. You are the star of the show. Are you done? Like, <laughs> I got it. Are you it. done talking? You are the star. <laughs> no, so, okay. So another tangent for, for law students listening. Um, and, and I know we, you know, we try to go for news so that more people are more engaged in this, but even if you aren't a lawyer, yes. one of the things that, that I always thought based on movies and, you know, yes. TV shows, go with me here. Even if you aren't a lawyer, stay engaged crosses where it is yes i mean that's a right? legally blonde scene well if you're you gonna... were in the shower chutney <laughs> how right? are your curls still intact right like that is that scene yes the perry mason moments for those of us who are older yeah. of you know no but it was really you not my client well, what's the danny devito movie Oh, um, my cousin Vinny. No, it wasn't Danny DeVito. Is it not him? It's not him. There is my cousin Vinny, which is one of the most accurate. I feel like all men with brown hair look the same to me. It's not him. It is another short man with brown hair, but it is not Danny DeVito. I cannot recall the name anyway, but it is a fabulous movie. Um, but yes, there's this cross moment of, well, did you do this? And you know, oh, the, you know, the qualifying uh, of the girl of the expert. On right. The stand. Yes. For 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 that movie, for the um Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, the you know, I want the truth. Yeah. You can't handle, handle the, the truth. truth. This is cross-examination. Everyone wants to be the star of cross-examination. Yes. You would be great at cross-examination. I love, it. I love cross, but I'm good at direct. Which makes sense because you have a way of like getting what you want out of people that is, I mean, that's what direct you're supposed to do is like, you are not supposed to be the one who's giving the information, which for me, I'm like, I could do this. Like I get that impatient. It's ADHD, right? I'm like, I could just tell this story and I get bored. (laughs) Just let me finish this for you. Like (laughs) your honor. (laughs) Right. So 
And that's, again, the legal strategy. Know who you have. Yes. Know what skills you have. Work to the, like... I used to think as a criminal defense attorney, I thought prosecutors had the easiest job in the world. I was like, they just direct people. That's so easy. And then I became a prosecutor. And in my mind, a direct is much harder than a cross because you have to make it interesting. I agree. When you are not the interesting person. And how do you make that witness say what you need them to say? Yes. How do you do that? Because as we were discussing earlier, and I promise we will get back on topic, but I'm in an, an advanced evidence class where we do trial ad. And I was telling Virginia earlier, if it was my turn to be the witness for our simulation, <laughs> and they let me play an expert witness. You're such a, a jerk. I am a jerk. <laughs> but it was so great. So I was being cross-examined um, in this like hypothetical scenario where I was obviously being paid for my expert testimony. And Obviously, the attorney who's cross-examining me is like, well, aren't you getting paid to be here? And I looked him, I feel so bad for my classmate, (laughs) dead in his face. And I was like, yeah, you are too. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful move. It was kind of a jerk. It was kind of funny. It was a jerk move, but it was hilarious. It did not impact his grade. I would not have done that (laughs) if it would have. But um, but that's the thing. You don't know what people are going to say. You don't. You don't. So for those of you who aren't in law school, hopefully it was interesting, but even especially those who are in law school, this is and new attorneys, even attorneys who have been around a while. This is what you have to pay attention to. And this is, I think the theme of today, right? Strategy, strategy, attorney strategy and all of this, this is today's theme. What is your strategy and why, why are you doing it? How are you doing it? And how is it impacting your client? You have to think about this. I mean, and clearly whatever they were doing in Loudoun County worked. It worked. I mean, if you have a jury come back in two hours and you guys want to hear $5 million, they awarded $5 million, which I... Um, I'm not an attorney. I cannot imagine a better outcome. Two hours deliberation for a $5 million verdict. Here you go. How much do you think she should have? One million. I think she should have five million, maybe three million. Five million it is. Uh, Two hours where you have to choose the foreman. You have to take a vote as to whether you think the plaintiff or the defense should win and then how much it should be. Two hours. Which I love. But clearly in her favor. Clearly in her favor. Five million dollars. Awarded, but it's Virginia has some janky laws. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember the actual amounts that were awarded. Well, that's the cap. The cap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But there was a certain amount in punitives and a certain amount in compensatory. And the punitive amount, so this is where they say basically, you really messed up. Um, So in Virginia, okay. The cap is 350000 So you tag them. It's like a fine, a serious fine. Is you can have a fine up so to 300 Do you like it? I really do. I have been drinking so much I more like, than you. It really is really good. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we've had dessert. I can't eat anything else sweet today. But it's really delicious. It's really good. Anyway, Mariah Schweinery, you guys try it. I don't know if they... Export, import to you, whatever it is, but it's very, Shit. very good. Shit. There we go. <laughs> Using legal but, words. So even though anyway, she's awarded all this money, yeah, she's not going to get it's it. It's only 350000 that you can get in punitive damages, but they had to have proved willful and wanton negligence. 
That's what punitive is. That's a that's a high standard, I would think. It is. So just negligence. This is a civil suit. So it's a tort. It's negligence. Um, go back and watch our other podcast, The Law Unscripted, yeah. where we talk about what is negligence. I'll put that down in the comments yeah. for both the podcast and the YouTube version so that you can find it. For but sure. it is normal, you know, what's the damage? Did you have a duty to me? Did you breach that duty? Right. Like normal negligence is an accident. Right. It's, you didn't, you didn't mean to, you weren't intentionally doing something, right. but what you were doing was pretty stupid basically. Yeah. Right. So willful and wanton is like- willful, willful. This isn't just stupid. This is willful and wanton, which makes sense in conjunction with the, um, malicious prosecution. Mm-hmm. It does. So that's what they're saying is um, there's simple negligence, which is what we normally have is just a, yeah, whoops, I rear-ended your car. Yes. There's gross negligence and there's willful and wanton negligence. Simple negligence is just fault. Gross negligence, which is the second, is shocking. It's frightful. Right. Faults like this is really bad. Like the car we saw driving earlier. Right. And then there's the third level, which is this willful and wanton, which gets to punitive damages. And it's acting consciously in disregard of another person's rights and acting with reckless indifference to the consequences with the defendant aware from his knowledge of existing circumstances and conditions that his conduct would cause injury to another. And that's from the case Cohen versus hospice support care. So basically the defendant didn't care. And like intentionally, the the intentional part. It's an intent. It is the, it goes to the mind of the defendant. What is the intent here? And maybe it's the intent to cause harm, but even if it's just the intent of, I don't care what happens to the other person. Right. I don't care if their reputation is ruined. Right. I don't care if she can never teach you again and she loses her livelihood. Right. It's the I don't care portion that becomes this punitive damage. Wow. And I mean, they awarded more than the Like, that is crazy to me. They awarded, I mean, $5 million. She won't Boom. get all of it. Right. But. Boom, there it is. What did they do? I mean, I looked for, like, evidence of, like, what was presented. Can't find it. But this, I mean. It is so hard to prove this. The only the only time I know in Virginia that it's common, okay, and it's never common that this is normal, okay. Right. But f- to get punitive damages, the only way I know that is common in Virginia in civil law is for a drunk driving accident. If you were drinking and, and driving, it is willful and wanton that you don't care if you get in a car and you injure someone. You know, everybody knows, right, that if you drink and drive, it is very possible, very possible that you will hurt and injure somebody. I'm sorry. I just remember that TikTok I showed you earlier. Oh, which (laughs) Chelsea sends me the most funny random TikTok videos ever. I saw this one. It was like in the 80s in a very small town in like West Virginia. (laughs) They were doing street interviews. Um. Because they were changing laws about drinking and driving, which in my mind, I'm like, 80s, my parents were alive and what, but but apparently it was happening. Um, And they interview this woman and no joke, guys, she's in her car. I mean, she's a young woman and you can see the baby. This is like a bench seat. Oh my gosh. I mean, the baby was just wiggling around. 
so wild. And she looks at the camera and she goes, first the seatbelt laws. Now they're saying we can't drink and drive. Soon enough, we'll be a communist country. And when I tell you, I lost it. It's been my favorite TikTok video. And I will continue to repeat that as a catchphrase for the rest of my life. It's so great. Seatbelt laws, drunk driving laws. What are they taking what next? What are they doing next? A man can't country. get in his truck after a long, hard day and have one or two beers. <laughs> now it's willful and wanton conduct that will make you pay punitive damages in addition to just regular damages. Yeah. And I would, I mean. And I, would, I dropped my phone there. So sorry about the extra uh, no, it's comment. Good. I think my phone is good. I'm yeah. not going to get off my chair because we're on bar stools, y'all. Which are very yeah. high up. Do you like being this tall? Hour. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Says the tall person to the short person. I'm yes. not tall. Everyone thinks I'm tall. I'm only 5'5". Five five. But not you were tall. taller than me. That's the problem. I am very short. I am 5'2". With honestly, because of my degenerative disc disease, I'm probably closer 5'1 right now. Um, but we're going to pretend that I'm still 5'2". Because I am sure I had neck surgery years ago. So you're just like. I am shrinking. I am shrinking, so she seems like a giant to me. I'm sorry. I don't know what has gotten, <laughs> has taken over me today, guys. Between her ADHD meds and the wine. Yeah, I, they apparently are not working anymore. Uh, we entertain ourselves. Hopefully we entertain yes. you too, but honestly, we entertain ourselves. And we're going to end it on a really good story, yes, guys. Yes, please tell us the wonderful news. I mean, we sort of alluded to it and told us at the beginning, but this yes. is really good news. So, and this is also aligning perfectly. I'm also taking a wrongful convictions class right now, which is both scary. Yeah. Um, it, it is scary. Like, I know it's not, it is scary, but it's really interesting to learn about sort of how these things happen, you know, what the causes are. But we have good news as of this week, a man who went to prison when I, 1995. So he yeah. has been in prison my entire life. He went into prison at 21 years old and is now coming out at 49. If you can do a quick math, you know how old I am. And he was released this week. Um, so this is Lamar Johnson and this is in Missouri. Um, Good for him. Yes. And he was sentenced back. The So it was 1994. A man was shot and killed during an attempted robbery. Mm. Um he was tried in 1995 and convicted. Um, he, at the time, he's always maintained his innocence. And at the time said he was miles in a different town with his girlfriend. Mm. Um, there was no physical evidence presented at trial. Wow. Um, like there were no usable fingerprints. Um, DNA wasn't being used that much. And I think when they went to test it later, there was not really anything there. All they had essentially was an eyewitness identification, yeah. um, which I have learned from my class. Eyewitness identifications are are very often not correct. And then in a normal circumstance, mm -hmm. if you're just in a convenience store and someone walks by you and then you are then asked about that person, the likelihood that you would get it right is very low. Then you add in the trauma of these situations that yeah. you're in and it makes it worse. So unfortunately, the eyewitness identified him yeah. um, and he was convicted based on that. And so he spent multiple decades in prison for a crime he did not commit. Yeah. But, and that's the sad part, but I told you I was finding good news this week. It is, it is good news. He is released. So he is released and it was really great work by the Innocence Project along with a lot of other people. So they've been working on this for a while. 
um, I think it was 15 years they started trying to prove his innocence. They actually had a law changed in 2021 in Missouri mm. um, because at that time, and he was, I don't think I said this earlier on, like he was sentenced to, he was never going to get out. There was never going to be parole. And at the time, like pre the law change in 2021, there was no ability to like re-request a hearing to like yeah. review anything. Um, I don't know Missouri law, but at that time you were just it's not weird. able. Every state has different rules. So we tell you in general, this is the way that it is. Yeah. But seriously, every state has something different. You have to check. Right. And so at that time there was no ability for his attorneys even to sort of like request. So there were, I think, 30 prosecutors from across the country who, oh who wrote like legal papers and signed them, sent it in. The legislature changed the law. Mm-hmm. Then now they have the ability to request a hearing. They did. Um, his conviction has been vacated and he's being released. Um, I read in one article that he's now going to like get to see his daughter be married, oh. which like heartstrings. Um, oh my goodness. Right. But I can't imagine he went in at 21 and he's like 49. How yeah. the world has changed since 1995. But I how think. How do you adapt? How do but you adapt? at least he gets to try. He gets to try. He is free, which is so exciting. Congratulations. Like, truly. It's delayed, but he's out. And I like nothing's gonna make justice. up for that. Justice. But finally justice is done. Right? Yes. Is nothing can make up for those years, but justice delayed is not justice denied, right? Isn't that the quote? Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited to that be our final story. Congrats. And look, happy news. Happy news. Happy Valentine's, everybody. Yes. Um, hope your first week of or second week of February. God, again, don't quote us on these dates. It is not the wine. It is us and it is the dates. But truly, hope you had a wonderful glass or two of wine. Pick up the one that we're doing, the Mariah um, Winery Cherry Wine Dessert not- Wine. Pick up a glass, share yes. it with your loved one. Um, it's we're going to strawberry see, wine. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try to not do a sweet of wine next week um, because we tend to prefer the sweeters. Um, that's our palates, but we're going to try to not yeah. do that next week. Who knows? We might take shots next week. You never know. We do have the Icelandic liquor. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah. There's Icelandic liquor to do a shot. We just might go on three. live and do an Ask Me Anything with some shots. I think it'd be fun. Let us know what you think. Let us know. Um, We will be back to you next week with the hottest legal weekly news because we are the Law Unscripted podcast. Um, But we are with Tarani Law. Um, I'm Virginia Tarani. And I'm Chelsea Rogers. And you never need a lawyer. Until you do.